This podcast may contain some spoilers about the film we're going to talk about and also some bad words and foul language. Sorry, Mum. Hello and welcome to episode four of What a Load of Rank. Uh, I am Ed Cunningham. I am joined by Hamish Douglas. Yarg! Jim Stratton. Narg! <laughs> and Garen Harry. Hello! Oh. I like that you're all uh, getting into the spirit of things, guys. That's the, that, that's great. We be lighthouse keepers! Crafty Gather around as we cast our pot. Please, let's not, let's not make this the whole podcast. I've so got a pot die. of gold! That's a leprechaun. <laughs> right, this is the... This is the podcast where we talk about all sorts of film, uh, from the interesting to the bizarre, from your sits and canes to your baby geniuses. Um, each week we each uh, suggest a film to each other, uh, and then we talk about it, and at the end of the episode we give it a rank. It goes on our leaderboards. After three episodes so far, number one in our leaderboard was uh, Jim's pick from last week, uh, Molly's Game, uh, which got a score of 66.5 fairly respectable but i i think i think we can we can we can go higher um it was my turn finally to pick a film and i decided to go for uh the lighthouse in 2019 directed by uh robert eggers and written by robert eggers and his brother max um i'm also going to say for the first time that the music was done by mark corvin and the director of photography was jaron blashk I hope I said that name right. I think, just because I think that might be something we talk about later. Um, so I've got Blasky. I saw this Blasky. Blasky. Oh God, you and you. Oh God, you and your research, mate. You always, you always. That was one of my yourself. interesting facts, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I saw this film maybe like a a month or two ago, and I was just I was interested by. The look of the film, the the um, the performances in it, uh, and sort of the utter lack of subtlety uh, throughout the whole thing. Um, I thought I I really enjoyed it. Um, so it's a period piece about these two uh, wikis, people who um, look after lighthouses, who uh, go to a lighthouse in uh, some stranded rock out in the middle of the ocean, uh, and they have and originally. They've got four weeks to work there, um, but it all starts to go wrong when a storm rolls in and they're left stranded there for, well, we never really find out how long they're there for. Um, it's a psychological thriller, horror, full of mythology, full of uh, influences by Jung and Freud, um, full of phallic imagery, uh, homoeroticism. Um, so yeah, who wants to start to un- unpack all of that? I would like to make a prediction uh, on, that then. Jim, well, and Garen hated this. Yeah, is that right? You, you may be correct. I. <laughs> we will get to this point. <laughs> there is a reason why I've got four pages of notes. <laughs> I, oh, I, I think that I think there's going to be a divide here. I think we're going to argue. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. Um, not for everyone, but um, that is, I think, sort of, sort of the point of these movies. Um, art house films aren't made for mass appeal; they are made for uh 
sort of smaller audiences and that's why they show it independent cinemas more than uh sort of more franchise places um but yeah i thought it was great uh a lot to unpack yeah well so do you guys want to give us your sort of brief first impressions from this film then uh, I'll, go I'll, on, Gary. I'll, I'll go first just okay. just just <laughs> oh, sorry, right, Jim. Okay. Thank you, Jim. Oh, sorry. Who, <laughs> who's in charge? Jim. Okay, right. go on then. Sorry. Jim, go on. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Like to go first. It's not called the Jim Stratton podcast <laughs> for nothing, all right? Um, no, uh, I was going into it, uh, hearing uh, what other people were saying about it, um, and uh, other people that I know were saying about it, saying it's very artsy. They use the word artsy. Now, I like to use the word artsy quite a lot. Um, now, I couldn't agree more. I felt, I felt, and I'm, and I'm going to be quite controversial, as Hamish says. There, there's going to be a lot of people that really enjoyed this film. I'm, I think you, you two included Eddie and and, and Hamish. Um, I'm not sure about Gary. We haven't heard from him yet. But I was completely at the other end of the spectrum. You, did, you didn't allow him. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> he will speak when I when I tell him to speak. All right. Um, but I'm the complete other. I'm the complete other end, mate. I, I couldn't. I couldn't watch this film. Um, for, from minute one. I was just if if there was a uh, a what the fuck cat, um, count where I had to give a pound to um, every every time I said what the fuck is going on, I could have financed this film two times. Um, genuinely, it's so, like it unnecessary. There were so many things where I've just gone. Well, what was the point in that? And I'm sure you guys must be like, yes, it's because <laughs> it's a it's a reference to us. Um, <laughs> But just went over my head. Give me, give me, baby genius any day. I knew that voice was coming. Um, but yeah, look, it's not, it's not, it's not for everyone, and you know, not everything is kind of literal in it. It is, it is a movie that is meant to be digested. Um, I think yeah. that you know, it's it's meant to be a bit of a puzzle, and part of the fun for people like me and Ed is watching these movies and talking about it and trying to to figure out what what it was it isn't just a kind of by the numbers go see it you can totally sort of straight away figure out what's going on it's something it leaves you with a feeling and it leaves you with some kind of ideas and i think the fun in these movies for people like me and ed is that afterwards we can talk about it and share our kind of our interpretations and then through that i think you find something interesting about um the consumer and the and maybe even sort of just people in general. Garen, how did you consume now? this? Yeah. Right, go on, speak Garen now. It's fine. I, I hated it. I, I really, really did. And I, I, I felt, what at the end of it, I felt a little bit angry at you, Eddie, for choosing this film. I agree, mate, I agree. Uh, oh, I, I wanted Compared to, take to Baby out... Geniuses, are you, are you seriously going to say yeah. that you're more angry at me than you are at Hamish for choosing Baby Geniuses? Well, Hamish, I expect it. Hamish, I knew what was going to come, that he was going to cause us some sort of torture. But the fact that you actually like this film, Hamish doesn't actually like Baby Geniuses. I just felt it, it, you dragged over the coals with this film for, for so long. It is so dull and uh, just... Like Jim says, a lot of parts of it are unnecessary and, you know, they're going for the whole arty feel. But it felt so shallow and just so sort of... no, There was no substance at all, in my view. Uh, Hamish says that uh, one of the things is what what the feeling that you're left with after you finish watching uh, a, a, a film. And 
like it, it, it didn't leave me with any sort of questions or anything like that. The ending was entirely predictable, and uh, it was there was nothing there. It was it was I felt it was a very very pretentious film, and I I really really disliked it. What is wrong with pretentious? I mean, yeah. So what if it's pretentious? I I that 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 word gets tossed around so much as a kind of uh sort of implicitly is that the word negative thing i think so what if a if something or a piece of art or an artist is convinced of their own talent or is trying to be intellectual or is trying to be a bit vague that that word pretentious i i don't know it always rubs me the wrong way a little bit Fair enough if a director wants to make a film so he can suck his own dick for, for an hour and a half, but don't make me watch it. <laughs> Talking of sucking dick. <laughs> um, yeah, the... It was a lighthouse, Gary, and it wasn't a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, will, I will just say, um, I, I did a little bit of research on this, and there was a shot in this film which they had to cut because of the, uh, of the finances of um it was a it was a cut between like a, a lighthouse then cutting straight to a Robert Pattinson's actual erect penis which they had which to get is, rid of I find so I read that as well the finances uh stepped in and said no don't do this if you make a movie with Robert Pattinson's erect dick everyone's going to go fucking see that, that is, he's got fun I mean, with this seems... as well he 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 was in a uh, uh, I can't remember what the film was called he played Salvador Dali in a film and he, he, I think the, the the story is that he jerked off for real uh, in the film. And obviously there was a lot of masturbation going on in this film. Dali, uh, you know, Dali he, loved he, playing with his dick. Dali was big, in the, big into his own yeah. penis. But I'd like to say in terms of performances, I think Robert Pattinson is having an absolute renaissance at the moment. If we just think about like, okay, let's forget for the moment all the kind of, the, the maybe the bullshit that's in this film. The performances of Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson in this Jim, you have to say that they do a great job. Yeah, yeah. Um, in my notes, I've got no problems with the acting. I thought, it, um, especially Willem Dafoe, uh, I really enjoyed his character uh, and the way that he took on the role. And and again with Robert Pattinson, um, I thought um, there's nothing really wrong with his performance, and they got uh, nominated for X amount of awards. But the thing that the thing that got got me, and you were saying about the renaissance of Robert Pattinson. This man was in Harry Potter and Twilight, some two major films, neither of which contain his erect penis, which maybe is why they didn't succeed in the way that they'd hoped. Um, it, it gets it. It gets us one down in Harry Potter. To be fair to him, mm. uh, that's why that's why Voldemort <laughs> nice. was drawn to him. Nice. But, yeah. <sighs> but yeah. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to hear. I'd like to quickly hear um, uh, everyone's because um, one of my favourite things in this is Willem Dafoe's. Uh, voice acting that he does in this. So I, I was wondering if I could hear everyone's uh, impression of him. Uh, hey, Mister. I've been reading. I've I've been re I've been reading Moby Dick recently. So on, give us some Willem Dafoe in this film. Uh, uh, G matey, to the bottom. Uh, something that some nautical themed insult for ye. May your guts <laughs> I- turn to seaweed. I do want to start calling everyone ye from now on. Jim, what say ye? Um, so I, I've got the, uh, the the poem that he reads uh, in uh, maybe his first dialogue of the piece. I think that's the first um, time he speaks. But should pale death with triple dread make ocean cave on a bed. God, God who hears the surges roll down to save our serpent soul. 
it, I, I just like to add to that. Awful. <laughs> yeah, that is bad. Uh, it's a bit Terrible. more Irish. But um, third, it took me 30 seconds from when they started talking to pause it, get the subtitles on. Uh, otherwise, I'd have probably um, just missed this week of the podcast. The the accents were... William Defoe's for the most part, was all, was was good. Um, Robert Pattinson's was a bit weird to get into. There was a bit of Boston in there, but yeah. he's meant to be from Canada. It was a bit it was weird. A bit it was all, all over the place. place. Uh, I read up on this, and it and looked as though uh, they had done work on the accent, and apparently it was supposed to be for a specific part of uh, Canada, I think, back during the time when this... Uh, it's an extinct accent, I think, during uh, when this film... Uh, was set yeah uh, and I... they said that uh, a lot of care was done by the director to uh sort of guide this accent to make it sound as much as the any existing recordings we have of it but it, it just sounded all over the place it, it, honestly he was uh south of england sometimes he was mm. canada sometimes he was he was bronx other times he was he was he was everywhere i i found it a little bit interesting because because uh, i've as i said before i've been reading moby dick and a few of the characters and that uh like they're all sailors and they all talk in these uh it's written in their kind of um vernacular so i was i was thinking is there just a really really weird localized um sailor accent and where would that come from and it does come from uh i guess the settlers in america came from places like bristol and ireland Mm. and they all just kind of that was your trade and that you you just hung around with more of those people and in that kind of community and accent developed um but i think uh, Robert Pattinson's accent wasn't the best but i do think if the performance is good enough you, it, it just carries you through that and i think he did a good job of that i, I agree um uh, with with garen of, of I, I think you know however ac- accurate it might have been to the uh sort of original dialect I, it, it probably was a little bit off-putting i i'd agree with that i also just want to say if you do want to uh watch a, a a great show about with ha- which has like original accents in it they did um uh, there's a john adams thing i can't remember if it was a series or a film but they all use like original uh accents and dialect from that time and it almost sounds like from there from the west country from bristol um so yeah if, oh is if that is that op- is that original pronunciation because they do that at the, um, the rsc these days they do a lot of their plays in yeah, old, it's 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 talk. very sim it's very similar to to yeah all the um, op stuff they do for Shakespeare. Um, yeah. <clears throat> another th- time for our next round. Behind <laughs> 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 door special guest. <laughs> um, yeah, I hang on. I'm gonna give me one minute. All oh, right. Okay, who do we think it is? Uh, I'm gonna. Go is it is it is it is it William Defoe as an octopus? Yeah. Oh. Well. Gonna keep. It's, I'm gonna certainly gonna see him in my dreams tonight. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of imagery in this film, as I said, and we have uh, William Defoe as an octopus, and we have some mermaids going on. Is that the thing that you guys are saying you're put off by? Are you just? I mean, because it, it, it it's bizarre. It does like flash to certain images every now and then. I think the the thing that I enjoyed uh, about this piece, probably the one of the only things I didn't uh, enjoyed, was the um, cinematography of it. Uh, and you mentioned before Jaron Belaski, um, and I thought they did a great job of the visual sides of the piece, um, whether that be uh, face merging um, and cr- creating beauty on the screen. 
and we'll talk about the the ratios of the of the camera later. But just uh, from what he did, uh, I think Jaron Belaski did a great job in centering the focus and making us feel involved in it. Um, and for that, I give him credit. Yeah, no, I, th- I think I think you're right. I think one of the one of the things that I was first when I saw the trailer for this film first drawn to was the the look of it. It's it's done in black and white, but w- with a really high contrast uh, on it. Like the whites are really white, the the blacks are really black. Uh, and as you say, the um, uh, the aspect ratio is not your you know regular widescreen. Did you want to talk more about that, Jim, or have um, you got something so to say got, later? Well, I've got I've got it written down here. Um, I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce the number side of it, but it's referred to as the movie tone ratio. And I've got here that it was popularised between 1926 and 1932. Um, and it's essentially almost a square on the screen. And I think I think they use this to make us feel a bit more claustrophobic and um, maybe us involved with the two. And I think it brought us a lot closer. And it did look like movies from, from that era when... If I hadn't recognised Willem Dafoe or uh, or Patterson, I'd have thought that that we were watching a a piece around that time. So I thought this um, the look of it was very good. Yeah, Hamish, would you agree? Yeah, I think I think the influence is very much from like German expressionist movement, um, which Willem Dafoe has the face for. <laughs> if oh, you ever for see sure. Those, if you ever see, and he's um he's but this this movie is just like. I, in my opinion, is why Willem Dafoe is such a gem. Uh, it's always it's always his best stuff when he's going to outside the box, and that's his that's his bread and butter. That's where he started off um, in New York with experimental theater, and um, yeah, I I have a note here. It just says that he's such a rare talent, and uh, it's only, the only people I can think who are kind of like him in mainstream cinema are him and weirdly Nicolas Cage who are both really influenced by German Expressionism. Um, yeah. Very I think the casting yeah. uh, is is absolutely great in this. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure there's many other people who could have really brought that role to life. He's he's both uh, creepy and charming at the, uh, at the same time. Um, I would say, I, I, Garen, I know you may have liked it, but you must have had some appreciation for for, for the script because that's one thing I thought was really solid come on Garen um, be kind well I, I, I'd say well the actual dialogue uh, the, well there isn't much of it to begin with uh, that uh, the, the, I think there's a, a long time until the, the speech actually starts and then uh, I suppose it goes to show the isolation between the two of them that the fact that not a lot is said um, but uh, yeah, when when Defoe sort of um, goes into his little uh, sort of little rants and curses and things like that, they are they are entertaining. It's just the wider plot itself and uh, that that I have issues with the sort of. Um, uh, but it's based on the. I mean, if you look at talking about the plot, it's based on it's it's seeped in 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 mythology and and you know Prometheus, Prometheus and it's also uh, Proteus. Uh, you know, and I thought that'd be right up your street, Garen. I, I, on a, any normal day, it would be uh, uh, Eddie, but uh, with this film, no, it just it, it felt so on the nose and uh, uh, like it, like I don't know. It's it, like I said before, it's very very shallow. Like uh, he gives a speech about 
him wanting him to die a Promethean death and all of a sudden he's lighting himself on oil, climbing up to a lighthouse and then his uh, liver's being eaten out by uh, by a seagull. And it's like, come on, that is... <laughs> it's low effort. Yeah. That is so low what effort. <laughs> As I said at the top of this, one of the things that I liked about the film was its lack of subtlety. I mean, it it, it goes for it. it. It goes for the imagery. It doesn't hold back. It goes for the, the, the references to, to this, this old mythology. Um, and it's one of the reasons I, as I said, why I I really like it. Um, also, there's a there's a point in it which is kind of the the turning point in uh in the film where Robert Pattinson's Robert Pattinson's character uh, kills a seagull. We find out that um, uh, that seagulls are supposed to contain the the souls of sailors, and I just want to say after living for about six years in Bristol, from my experience with seagulls. Sailors are a bunch of dickheads. Bunch. I really, of I really, <laughs> I really like seagulls. Oh, I, when he was smashing yeah. that that seagull on the side, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I wish I was him. I've wanted to do that. For so- They're not. They don't. They make. They've. They've been around humans for so long, and yet they still haven't kind of their behavior hasn't changed to kind of be a bit more like friendly. They're just like, nah, fuck everyone. I'm gonna steal the sandwich out of your out of your hand uh i'm gonna shit on this baby they just they don't care i love them yeah i mean does does anyone uh anyone perhaps more of the subtler uh imagery going on with the seagulls what do we what do we think that was about because it is it is as i said it's the turning point in the film i i think that (laughs) you're all at it now okay (laughs) yeah <laughs> Garen, I, tr- uh, I try and come to you, but then no one wants to. Wants no, to no, it's all right. Yeah, just people like the sound of their own voice, don't they? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so there's, there's a lot to do with that. This, the, the seagull that he kills, in particular, uh, if you'd noticed, the seagull had one eye, and uh, that's a reference to the previous uh, lighthouse worker who was partnered with Defoe's character on a previous trip. Uh, he himself had one eye, and uh, there was I, I wasn't sure if he was overtly said or if it was something that was it, it wasn't really resolved the situation what happened between them uh did defoe kill his his, his previous thing or, or was it's it's deliberately ambiguous one? exactly yeah it's one of the sort of um uh sort of imagination sort of sequences that uh that happened throughout the film it's it's, it's yeah not not very well sort of Covered. Uh, that's that's uh, for Lighthouse yeah. Two, Garen. You you find out what happens to him then. That's for Lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. keep the return of one eyed Pete. On <laughs> yeah, Lighthouse Two. Yeah, relighted. So 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 the seagull is uh, is is supposed to be. Uh, well, I've got my uh, inverted commas out uh, for you folks listening at home. Uh, it's supposed to be the soul of this previous lighthouse keeper. And uh, that's the one he kills. He, uh, he basically tears it a new one. <laughs> he does. He does. Hamish. Um. Yeah. I well. Talking about the the William Defoe's character Wake. Is it? Is that his name? Yeah, Thomas Wake. Yeah. I think the idea is that they both have these people that they previously worked with who died. You find out that. Uh, Robert Pattinson's character, whose name is also Thomas, so they're both. It comes to comes to light that they're both called Thomas, um, and they both have these stories of partners who previously died, people they work with, 
And I think the idea is that possibly they're the same person and maybe this has taken place in a kind of nightmare of, of one of them. And um, it's all definitely... It, this, this space that they both share is, is definitely a shared kind of psychology, I think. So I think that seagull with the one eye is basically uh, a personification of the imaginer's grief or the imaginer's regret over this person dying. Um, I don't know if it represents anyone specifically. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's the way that I kind of interpreted it. But that, that, that's, I mean, you, I think you've demonstrated exactly why me and you like these kind of films is that we we can interpret all these sort of things which are, you know, laid out, you know, it's, it's very hard with a film like baby geniuses to interpret the, uh, the meaning behind uh, certain choices that have been made. Um, just talking about the relationship between the two Thomases, uh, as I said, one's called Thomas Howard, one's called Thomas Wake. Um, the homoerotic nature of it and the masculinity, there's a, there's a, there's a moment in the, um, in the film where there's a sort of they they've been drinking and there's a sweet sort of embrace they have and then almost you think oh my god are they going to kiss and then they break out into fight uh, that that uh, dichotomy of sex and violence I think is is very interesting to discuss in terms of masculinity Hamish what you want to say uh, <clears throat> well yeah I was I was reading um, uh, someone's review of it and they talked about it having a kind of an Oedipal, uh, Oedipus uh, kind of um, theme to it in that yeah he's got this character who's both uh father parental but also is this kind of sexualized sexualized uh character in their life um but also it's tied up with these idea of violence and wanting to conquer that person um which i thought was <clears throat> yeah it was really it was really interesting i think i think there's there's lots going on with Willem Dafoe's character and who he's meant to represent um I think a lot of it is to do with well early on I thought this I kind of changed changed my mind a little bit towards the end but I thought a lot of it has to do with um Catholicism and Catholic ideas or religious ideas in general about the nature of um uh regret and guilt um and there seem to be some scenes that really kind of push that that theme um and the fact that he's sort of i thought he was this kind of priest character uh and the fact that he he william defoe's character guards the light he doesn't let him go up there it's 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 his to interpret and give to um to robert pattinson's character if he chooses seems to be saying something about the nature of kind of authority figures in religion yeah i noticed uh jim you were shaking your head at one point during that um i i i i understand the film more listening to you two telling me about it than i actually learned from watching it um i just felt now i could be a bit of a dick here and say that if there was a tick box of risky moves that you can put in an independent film um 
it's almost like, all right, what should we have? Should we have uh, one of the guys uh, is going to be masturbating on screen? So there's that tick. Um, we're going to have um, uh, this and that. We're going to have a seagull eating him. Um, we're also going to have uh, you going into a light at the end. Yeah. What, what, what can we really push the boundaries with? Let's, let's make them nearly kiss and then let's make them pull away. And then you're going to bludger him and you're going to be making him into a dog. Uh, it, for me, it's just like, pick, have something, stick to it. Like, what, what is this like? It's just almost like, well, let's, <laughs> let's put all of the balls in the hat. Let's take out one. What should we have him do? Um, eat his own shit? No, uh, disclaimer, he didn't eat his own shit. But um, that sort of thing. <laughs> it just he landed in his own mouth. But you're assuming that everyone finds those images and those themes risky. You're assuming that... Uh, they certainly wouldn't be shown in most films. That would... That, no, those... but so what? There's a lot. There's a, most most films are very yeah. prudish and conservative. Yeah, 100%, but those and it takes it takes quite often independent films or art house movies are the movies that kind of progress what are considered quote unquote risque scenes or controversial subjects into mainstream cinema. That's how cinema progresses. I mean. Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho was the first movie to sh- show a toilet flushing, and that was a huge moment of controversy for people. Not as much as showing someone masturbating on screen, or um... no, it was. It was a huge. A toilet flushing was the, like a massive deal when Psycho came out, and if that hadn't pushed that, I mean, can you can you imagine what films would be like now? We'd still get the crappy fucking Frank Sinatra Rat Pack movies. Like yeah, they, they, never, they never flush toilets in that. Shit, <laughs> Garen, what, what 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 are your thoughts on this, Garen? So I I get I I get what you're saying about uh, you, well art house films. Yes, they do. They do challenge expectations and norms, and uh, look at new ways of doing things to perhaps uh, progress the entire sort of movement of film uh, further. But uh, the issue I have with this film in particular is. It's not particularly groundbreaking. It's not particularly challenging. Like I said before, it's shallow. There's there's nothing there. There really, really isn't. There was the uh, I read a quote uh, from the director of this film, which was he thought that this was a film that Freud and Young would go and watch together. Like, no, he didn't fuck say it that. Is. Like fuck it is. He oh, said he hopes that it's. Some, he said he hopes that it was a movie that would have Freud and Young. Uh, furiously eating their popcorn or something like that he said it, would, it was it, essentially it, yeah. the same thing isn't it is oh no he, he said he hoped that he said he hoped that it would be a movie that they would enjoy he didn't say he hoped that it's a movie yeah. they would go and watch together he didn't say he do you know what i mean it's there's, both there's a bit of a difference <laughs> what you're saying and what is quote <laughs> exactly it's yeah no, but there's, there's a difference <laughs> 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 but so... <laughs> i would like to know Go on then. Go on. Go on. No. Finish your point. Yeah. It's, 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 this this doesn't offer anything for me, and I, I've. It's not as if I've got an aversion to you know these kinds of arty films. But no, it's not because I've I've seen a lot of them uh, in the past. But it's just this film in particular. It takes a, a like. It, there was a, another idea that it wanted to keep people asking, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, it did. It did make me question what was the hell it was, was going what on. was going on in my life as to well. To be honest, <laughs> what yeah. did I do to get to the situation where I'm watching this? <laughs> it it's all like, started with Eddie wanting to do a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but to me, it was I didn't want to know the answers. 
really. It, it, it just the way it was portrayed, the sort of sheer arrogance of it, just made me feel no, I don't want to know. This is dull. What do you mean arrogance? So That's, you're, you're making you're you're projecting. You don't have to like this movie. That's fine. You don't have to. No one's forcing you to. And if you don't like it, that's okay. But to try and say that a movie is is arrogant because it's 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 not towing the the line of a kind of what is considered a normative or a normal kind of narrative to call it arrogant i think by proxy it's a little bit insulting to the people who enjoy this kind of stuff and i think you need to be a little bit careful about totally dogging a movie that is just trying to do something a little bit different this is hamish douglas this is hamish douglas if you've forgotten him from episode one and two saying don't dog a film (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah but no but no no, no 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 there's a there's a difference because this movie obviously had some pretty clear artistic intention and direction i think that's that's evident from the fact that there was it, did. it was there was a lot of thought that went behind this i think arguably more so than went behind baby geniuses oh we're not, arguably, come on, compete, I'm not comparing sure. this to baby geniuses Argu- all right arguing arguing with jim but, <laughs> but 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 hamish you're, you're missing what i'm saying i'm not saying that because because it's uh it's got a different slightly different format to other films that it's terrible what i'm saying is it, it literally just skims it just skims the surface of an idea and uh, it's just uh, like oh let's recreate a famous painting in the middle of it let's let's have that really on the nose bit it goes back to what ed said about subtlety and for some people that might work how it's a bit out there but for me it didn't work because there was enough there i would agree with you that some of it was very on the nose i will agree with you on that front and there are movies that are uh not as on the nose um another yeah another willem dafoe movie which it kind of reminded me of which i really didn't like was uh (laughs) um antichrist by uh von Trier, and that movie i really didn't like i could not get into that and i think yeah some of this stuff in this movie was quite on the nose but i think it kind of it balanced well between it is it although it is an art movie it does have two big uh hollywood stars in it and it kind of i think there was a balance between it being kind of mainstream but also having this this art house aesthetic um so i would agree with you there but i just i take i take offense to uh coin coin it arrogant i think that's a that's a bit 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 harsh i just want to know which one of us is going to talk about the mermaid vagina I, that was going to be my next point. Mm-hmm. Floor's <laughs> open. Garen, do you want to dive into that one? Uh, hey! hey. <laughs> Best part of the film. No, uh... <laughs> so, uh, do you want this... to explain it first? Yeah. Just so, okay. you know, have... so, so, so d- during some of these sort of uh, visions and uh, sort of dream sequences or things that are going on throughout this film, uh, one of them he finds an unconscious mermaid uh, on 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 the coast she's washed up she's covered in seaweed uh he takes a look at her he covers the seaweed from her face uh fondles her a little bit as the camera's panning down and then uh this this ties in with the sort of homoeroticism and uh uh what we're thinking about uh whether these characters themselves um 
uh, are gay themselves is is when the character pans down to uh, the mermaid vagina, uh, which I think is actually designed uh, based on the designs of it, like a shark's labia. I've, I've and runs away, <laughs> and, and it's supposed to be this. <laughs> it's supposed to be this idea that uh, um, he's, he's so disgusted by the sort of sight of this, uh, and it's uh, and it's sort of uh, inflamed because uh, it's, it's so much more in his face that he, that he runs away from it. Um, but to be honest, if, if if I came across a girl with a shark's vagina, I I clear out. Is, is that why you're banned from Bristol Aquarium, Garen? <laughs> we don't talk about that, Jim. On it, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 one of the more um, uh, visceral uh, uh, fantasy imagery moments in the film, I will say. And when I first watched this film, it uh, it did take me back. It's it it doesn't hold back in the uh, graphic well, um, content what did it make at you all. Think of then, Ed, if, if if it wasn't unnecessary, because I'd say it was unnecessary that that section. What what nece- what importance did that moment have? to the overall scheme of things. Well, similar to what Garen was saying about this idea of sex and homoeroticism, uh, there's a line actually uh, earlier on in the film where uh, Robert Pattinson's character is talking to William Dafoe and he says, uh, sort of, kind of almost jokingly, oh, you feel shame when you lie with a woman then, or something like that. And it's this idea of, yeah, what are is their sexuality? These guys are left stranded out on this rock uh, there's lots of masturbation that goes on that we've talked about already, and then this kind of sexualizing of this myth- mythological um, being. And I think when we we think about mermaids, um, we think about kind of you know these very beautiful bare-breasted fish women, and they're and they're they're they're, they're, they're seen as you know quite, didn't see that you know, Disney uh, version, did it? <laughs> <laughs> but. But then you have this kind of oh the actual reality the graphicness of what you know their reproductive organs would look like it is it, just kind of so shocking and as as Garen said um, the character you know run runs away in, in fear of it and that maybe uh, lends itself to the suggestion that he may be gay um, but yeah I th- I thought although it was shocking I thought that was the pur- purpose of it. Hamish. Um, yeah, that was that that bit with the mermaid was the one bit where I was kind of wasn't quite sure what it was going for. I think maybe it was. Um, I think maybe it's something to do with the fact that it's kind of it's this because he does have sex with it. He starts having sex with the mermaid, <clears throat> but is clearly horrified by it. Um, and I think. Yeah, like you said, it's these ideas of kind of uh, sex and shame tied up together, but also it's this monstrous kind of f- figure that he's he's having sex with, and maybe that's to do with the character's feelings of shame about his homosexuality within his kind of religious confines, or maybe it's the fact that, like you said, sleeping with a woman has has been a... a a weird kind of experience for him i think it's all kind of linked into that but i don't i don't know that was that was that was something that kind of i would i would like to you want to see that again eh i want to see that a bit again (laughs) super slow motion um yeah i mean 
props for showing a, a mermaid's <laughs> vagina. I've never, yeah. I've never put much thought into how that whole thing would work. I've always. It was, yeah. it was quite it, big it might... at it. It was bigger than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Gary, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, in my mind, mermaids, uh, it's, it's always been the fish head and the woman's legs. <laughs> That's what gets you going. I'd, I'd like to know, as we're just talking about this film, uh, who you guys, out of us, who do you reckon you could spend four weeks manning a lighthouse with? Uh, considering I've been in lockdown with Hamish for how long now? Uh, <laughs> we haven't killed each other yet or slept with each other yet. Uh, yeah, no, um. Just, I'll uh, just bal- uh, a bit of balance and a bit of um, uh, actual truth. I think Eddie would be the easiest person to man a lighthouse with. Uh, Hamish, oh, cr- Hamish, what are you shaking your head for, Hamish? What? I I spent the last two years in. I would say that our flat before Ed, Ed and I used to live together up until recently. Our flat was probably smaller than that lighthouse. Yeah, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. <laughs> It was very um, confined. Yeah, I me, yeah. We did all that, right. That, we did two, two years. Come on, which I'm just talking yeah, about four I know, weeks. I know. I know, I know. But do you think you could? I don't think. I don't think you could live with Jim or Garen in that confined space. I reckon I. You're a very particular man. You're a very particular man. I, I just I about th- survived it. I don't know. If... I think with any of you, it would probably end up. Uh, the events would be similar to this film that we've just watched. I think we might get close to fucking, but then I'd end up bashing your head in. And you wouldn't allow us to go upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) It's my light. God God Um, forbid if they tried to put the heat in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I think... Put on a jumper. I think I could spend... I think I could spend four weeks with Garen in a lighthouse, I reckon. We'll have a good time. Are you seriously choosing him him over me? Yeah, but yeah, but you're Garen's like a house cat, and and I'm you're, what? A... You're more like a how do I put this? <laughs> you're like a a mountain lion, uh, and what, I don't know what sort of feline character it, you're... am I then, Hamish? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know I what you are. I'll be you're a, you're more a puma, of a... a jaguar. A jaguar. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know where cats come into my head, but um, it's 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 giving me to a clue of what our next film is going to be. What cats? Oh, oh, oh well, it is. <laughs> and this is where I say goodbye cats. to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, is is there any any other this this film is? I was wondering how to approach this film for this podcast because there's just there's so much that you could talk about it so i'm gonna sort of as finally just as we're heading towards the end uh sort of open the floor of if if there's anything that you guys want to particularly pick out about it that you are liked or disliked go on uh, jim i would like to pick out just because we're talking about unnecessary scenes and you might be able to enlighten me um robert patterson goes to the top of the lighthouse uh and he turns over who he thinks is himself it turns out to be that uh, Ephraim Winslow, the uh, guy that he saw die or something that was never really referenced. When he turns round, there's a naked Willem Dafoe that shines lights from his eyes, like some sort of Fantastic Four uh, X-Men reference. What What is the relevance behind that, please? 
So that was that. I think Garen mentioned it earlier about a reference to a painting which I have written down here, which is uh, uh, Sasha Schneider. It's called Hypnosis, um, and it's it's a pretty accurate representation of what that of what that uh, painting is. So I think it's this idea because uh, Robert Patton's character feels that Willem Dafoe has been uh, kind of hypnotizing him with his charm and making him do think certain things that he would otherwise wouldn't do. I think. I think that that was the point of that moment. Okay. Yeah. I love that scene. I just want to say it. I thought that was just like as a shot was. It was amazing. Yeah. So I mean, visu- vis- visually uh, incredible. And I know, Garen, you had an issue. We thought it was a bit out of place, but I thought it was perfectly placed for. No, for no what out of place. Of it. it just, I mean, it's quite a well-known painting. And uh, it was, I don't know, it just really recreate. It's, it's, it's like, I don't know, if someone did like a baby touching someone's hand and uh, uh, in another film and it's like, oh, Christ, here's a Sistine Chapel. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, but the, the thing is that, like, wh- okay, whether you think this movie is on the nose or not, um, sort of d- German expressionism, which I think is is... The, the style of this movie is very much based on the psychology of the creator or the artist and that a lot of that is based on things like dreams and memory and experiences so famous images like that if they've made a big impact on you they are going to filter through into your subconscious and the things that you create and I think that was an overt reference to that painting obviously it wasn't just an accidental thing um I don't know. I think sometimes it's, it's just, when you say like things were on the nose. Yeah, they were. But sometimes your dreams are very much on the nose, aren't they? It's very much you can you can have a dream and next day you think about it and go, well, that's pretty obviously to do with this thing that's going on in my life. That's just the nature of how thinking and psychoanalysis is sometimes. It's not always this deep dive into the subconscious sometimes it is very much like well images stick out to you and they have they they give you a certain feeling and they give you a certain idea and yeah i don't know if it always needs to be this really deep analysis kind of thing jim what do you want to um, say i uh, i think that's brilliantly put hamish um but i uh i wanted to change the subject slightly uh, and talk about my favourite fact that I found from this piece, if that's okay. Oh, Jim, the stats man. This, I love it. One, Susie Dent. This one, uh, this one isn't as uh, as obscure as the last one, um, but there's lots of different interpretation about where the real inspiration for this film c- comes from. Uh, a lot of people are saying it was based on uh, Egna, Eg, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, but then they inputted a script around because it wasn't fully created, his piece. But another interpretation is that the film comes from something that happened in 1801 called the Small Lighthouse Incident, where there's two Thomases that live, uh, you can see where this is going, live in a lighthouse, and one dies by accident uh, and fears... uh, the other Thomas thinks that, oh shit, if someone thinks that I've murdered this guy, I'm going to quickly put him in a coffin, throw him over the lighthouse, but the wind's changed and he got caught and ended up not going into the water or into anywhere that we could be disposed of, but instead sort of dangled in front of the lighthouse. And because the winds picked up and the sea was roaring, his arms started waving and it looked like he was beckoning the other Thomas. Uh, and slowly, after a while, he went crazy 
And now they've implemented a rule to say that three people have to be in a lighthouse and not two or one because they go crazy. Garen, you seem like you know you know something about this. Uh, well, I, I just want to point out that you missed an uh, missed an important detail in the, uh, that that story's from Wales. Is it Wales? All oh, right. Uh, and yeah, and, and both oh, you, them Welsh, Welsh people. You've always got to bring up Wales when it when it comes up. Like, well, we don't we important? don't get many mentions, and we got to sort of take them when yeah, they come. Shut the fuck up, Ed. You're you're isolate. <laughs> you're excluding our Welsh audience. The amount of times I've had to listen to you about <laughs> Surrey, Eddie. God. <laughs> yeah, I always go on about. It. Well, uh, why don't we move on to the scoring? So, uh, get get your calculators out. Um, I so when I score this out of a hundred, as we always do, um, I'm going to go first because I don't want to influence. Because obviously, me and Hamish, we like this film, and I don't want to influence the average score by going last. So I've got my score already. Okay. Well, I I'm gonna, let me just find out what I gave Molly's game. I'm gonna give Molly's game. 56 um i'm gonna give this get this a 71 i'm gonna give 71 to this all right uh hamish you have you got your score ready then i do yeah i'm i really like this really legitimately like this um and i don't know if there is such thing as a perfect movie but knowing what jim and gary are gonna give it well, I, mean, I have to. I have to think. think I have. To, no, I have to. Rating, like, I can. You can't I'm be rate, tactical. I can be tactical. That but is how I'm playing this. I'm giving a hundred. I'm giving a hundred <laughs> out of hundred. Previous weeks, you said that. Oh, come you, yeah. you wait. Hold on. Uh, uh, you've get okay. Wait. Hold I'm on. Giving it, You're giving I'm, this I'm film giving it 100. Yeah. Even, I think this. I mean, was, I really I, like this film. I think. I think this was as close to a perfect movie as you could get. I really loved it, and I'm giving it a hundred. Well, let's let's just bear in mind that he did give zero and then, for Haunted Yeah, and then Mansion. a minus as well. So I've had... how c- how can we possibly? No, I never gave it. I never gave a minus. You, know, you never gave a minus. You no. said if I could, he, give he a gave minus, a zero for Haunted Mansion. Yeah. No, well, that was eight in I mean, the first episode. I tell you what, I'm going to take it at face value. Uh, he says a hundred. Uh, I'm going to do this. Well, no, but then, then got, fa- got to get our it doesn't quite there. work in ranks, then does it? Because it's your favorite favorite movies. But how how well? No, I mean like I'm going to I. I think that I can't fault this movie. I, I loved it, it and I can't fault it. I mean, I, like, and the things that I would yeah, fault so then, it with, I'm not willing then, then to. Then that can't possibly be a hundred. <laughs> that can't huh? possibly be a hundred if it's if it isn't faultless. Yeah, but this is this is this is a this is a Jim's really so vague ranking system. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fine. Hey, Jim, look, look. This is a very uh, uh, objectionable and. Uh, 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 a scientific way okay. to do this, okay? And whatever we come up with will be <laughs> the best film that's ever been made, okay? Yeah. Or at least what Hamish thinks is the best film. Okay, so 100 for Hamish that brings us to 171. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for the fucking opinion, mate. Like, Jesus. <laughs> okay, Jim, go on. What, no, what, we're what, good. What, what's your wait, no, wait, wait, no, Jim, what do, you, what do you think I should what give it? What do you think I should give it? Well, in previous... <laughs> What? No, what do you think? No, what do you think yeah, yeah. I should give this um, movie? So, in previous weeks, you've said that the maximum you'd give a, uh, give your favourite film was 80, right? What when did I say that? that? I think I might have said right? that, Jim. And you're saying... I, I think I said that. Gay Baby Geniuses about Yeah, 50. and you were like, oh, The Godfather or something like that, which is my favourite film, would not even get... 
You're telling me the lighthouse. <laughs> no, I but... didn't say that. I said, I said, I said the Godfather, which is my favorite film, is a hundred. We're putting that as a hundred. That was the point I the, was trying to the make. The last hour and fifty minutes I've watched that film, you've given that hundred. Okay, yes, fine. No, it's, it's, it's just cool. Jim, it's just look. Cool. It's his opinion. I, I couldn't believe it when you gave Baby Genesis a 55 or whatever you gave it. So, okay. All right. Jim's Jim, very what's your, unhappy. Jim, what's your <laughs> I think, uh, and, I, and I, I'll vote how I want to, right? It's uh, minus now. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't devoid of, of talent, right? There's lots of artistic stuff that worked really well and the quality that went into this piece was amazing in terms of this cinematography. Well, in, we'll, put, yeah, we'll do that in post. Um, and cinnamon buns, right? Um, was really, really good. Uh, the acting, great as well. So it can't possibly be any less than Baby Genius. But I didn't enjoy it. So I'm going to give it 55. 55, okay. And listen how, to how silent uh, Hamish is off that score. He's not whinging at all. Uh, Garen. Well, well, you know, originally I was going to go into this uh, and be honest and, and give the score, which I think the thing I'll talk about the things that I liked about this film. And uh, and again, like Jim, I didn't enjoy it. So it wasn't going to be a particularly high score, but it wasn't going to be the one that I'm going to give it now because Hamish gave it 100. <laughs> you, can't, you can't fault the guy. He really liked the film. He really liked the film. I really hate the film. There we go. Okay. So what's your score? One. One. <laughs> no, what? come on. One. Did you give it a hundred? Are you one. serious? What? Sorry, sorry. If Hamish is allowed to give her a hundred, I'm allowed to give her a one. Right. No, because I gave Baby Genius as an eight because I wasn't thinking properly. What would you? What would you so give it now? This movie is at least what Baby Genius is. I'd give it. I'd give it a zero so I could give this less than a hundred. But oh. I started. I started off with eight, and now. I have to stick. I have to. I've. I've made. I've made a reference point. But Garen, you're well, saying this movie was a one. You. Yeah. Sa- you're saying that I, you preferred Baby Geniuses to this. Oh, best film of the I year. F- I felt like I'd gained. Oh, I'd I gained I, more I, from I, Baby I had, Genius. I had, I had more laughs from Baby Genius. Well, this, this, there were okay. some funny bits. He, 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 he farted a lot. Is that oh, funny? Oh, exactly, Honestly, is that your score yeah. one? That's funny for this head, ten, all right. Ten-year-old team. You're going to love Nutty Professor. <laughs> Have I got a film for you? <laughs> please don't choose Nutty Professor, please. I can't, so, I, um, no. I can't do more Eddie Murphy films. <laughs> allowing, allowing Hamish's 100 and Garen's 1, uh, the average, the uh, yeah, average okay. score is, I think we've got is 56.75. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm shocked by that, but... Right. I think I feel, Gary. I think you and I have set a dangerous precedent now. This is a few. This is a this is a a real few that's gonna. I think maybe uh go out go throughout the 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 rest of the. That's podcast, what we need, man. The, that's the what fact, we need. That's the, what the we need. Is, the, the frustrating thing is that we have to finish this podcast and then me and him live together. So we've got to talk for the next week until we do the record the next. It's all right, session. mate. We don't we don't so. have to live together. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew this film would be divisive, but I never, I never thought that we'd have one person give it a hundred and one person give it one. That's uh. So Wait, I mean, that, he thought that, tactically, so I think tactically. That's the way it's going. Yeah, you you, you have made your own bed there, Hamish, and I think you've en- it's, it's ended up with a, with a lesser score because of your one hundred for sure. I'll make it. I'll make a gentleman's bet with you, Garen. If uh, whoever's 
movie at the end of this, whenever we decide to kind of call it, gets ranking number one. Um, we'll, we'll figure out. We'll figure <laughs> out. We'll figure out. We'll figure out. We'll figure out something that either of us can do. Well, what, wow! I can't <laughs> wait. Stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. great. Wow. Keep listening. <laughs> I'm oh, you, pick a, you pick a steak. A steak. I, I, a, I don't eat steak. What what are the steaks? What are the steaks? Okay, uh, um what does Garen hate? Puppets. Oh got... yeah, let's do that. No, the, come on. There's nothing he hates more than I hate. Garen puppets. hates like, Garen I hates puppets. Hamish, puppets. Hamish hates commitment. Garen <laughs> Ha- ha- Ham- Hamish hates the bourgeoisie. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give him lots of money. <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, fuck it. I don't like wasps. If you can get a bunch of wasps, um, I'll. Yeah, I- I'm sure I'll... collecting a large number of wasps is as easy as buying one puppet. <laughs> no, I'm going to buy a whole bunch of puppets. It's not going to be the one puppet. If you're getting a bunch of wasps, I'm getting a bunch you know of puppets. This, you know what this is going to turn into now? Every time it's my film, I'm going to vote 100. Every time it's Hamish's film, it's just purely on me and Eddie. Like, we, we, need to, I, I think, we need some arbitration on this, I think. I think we need to take this somewhere and settle this out of court. Because uh, right. this can't go on. Okay, look, we're going to have a court date for what's going on right now. But so far, uh, yeah, I mean, come on, guys. That's ridiculous. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep with what it is. 56.75 The Lighthouse gets. Comes in second, uh, just behind Molly's game. Um, I think uh, that turned in not to really a film podcast at the end, but I, I guess that's all right. Uh, thank you for listening, if you got to this this far. Um, rate and subscribe on whatever this ends up on. And I, I hope that you um, uh, tune in for the next episode to see whether... Uh, <laughs> who's going to have the wasps we and who's going to have the puppets? We Ed, we haven't seen whose film's next. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Breaking the format, we're only on episode <laughs> Do you four. want me to host, Ed? Is that right? <laughs> Jim, it's all I have right now. Um, Hamish, that's a good, very good point, though. Before I say rate and subscribe and thank you for goodbye, Hamish, it's, it's your turn to choose the next film. Um, hopefully it won't be something that Garen hates. I I'm gonna pick a movie that I watched recently that I really, 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 really loved and I think it's gonna be a good talking point. I think uh well I won't say any more. Uh Thunder Road. Um, Thunder Road. I rated a one. Yeah. You rate Garen rates it a one already. I uh, I believe I'm it's on Netflix. <laughs> um Thunder Road. I haven't heard of that. I've told you about it several times. I don't listen when you talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is, the, this is the only time I listen to you is doing these this podcasts. Is the only, this is the only way I can get you to watch this fucking movie that I've been talking to you for about <laughs> since August is when I watched it. Um, yeah. Thunder Road. Give it a go. All right. Well. 2018. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, I can't remember the name of the director, but it is on Netflix. Okay. Uh, Jim, as you weren't happy with my outro, do you want to do the outro? Um, yeah, oh, I'd love to. Uh, thank you everybody uh, for listening um, we hope to see you again soon please like and descri- describe <laughs> like and subscribe <laughs> and, and, describe and it to your like friends describe me to your friends that'd be great um, but yeah sorry go back to Ed 
Uh, yes, what he said, but also tell your friends, tell everyone you know. Uh, I really hope you keep listening to this. I hope you keep doing it because I enjoy doing it. Thank you very much and goodbye.